You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up? Welcome to the show. Uh, you noticed some changes, and really those are the only changes because everything else stayed the same, and that's great. We are now Kane's Train. Welcome to this new podcast on behalf of the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Carolina Hurricanes every Monday. New episodes. Maybe there's some new listeners checking out because they're like, what is this thing? Um, we got the new logo, added the little thing to the beginning of the song to pretend like I had an impact on it. And uh, everything else is the same, man. It's still the same old me. It's me, Zach Tompkins, your host here on the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, happy to be here again this Monday. Let's get into this show. Um, you can go subscribe to the show if you're not yet, on, uh, which I know a lot of you aren't. And, the, you know, the thing is, I see the numbers, right? And I'm like, we have, you know, a decent amount of subscribers. And then I, listen, I look at the plays and I'm like, hmm, well, seems to be a lot of people that just play it and aren't subscribed. And like, but you're playing it a lot. So why? Why are you doing that? Just subscribe. Makes your life easier. Makes my life better. Uh, just go do it. It would be awesome. Rate and review on iTunes. I don't even know. I don't use the other ones. So I don't know if you can rate and review. I imagine you probably can in some way, shape, or form. But whatever. Just tell people about it is the biggest thing. That would be fantastic. We're here on Monday. Uh, game 5 happened last night on Sunday. Or sorry, <laughs> two nights ago on Saturday. Game six is actually tonight as I record this. It's the following night. Confusing time travel. We've been there, done that. Um, but man, Dallas, double overtime, thriller. And uh, how about like the Corey Perrys and the Joe Pavelskis and the Jamie Beds for Dallas during the playoffs, man? A lot of guys that I feel like were kind of written off, um, you know, not producing to the way that people thought they should. And like, wow, came out of nowhere. Well, I mean, it didn't come out of nowhere. They're good players. But really stepping up, um, even though Corey Perry pulled that BS uh, stick between the legs nonsense and then pretended like, whoa, I didn't do anything. Like, don't do that, man. It's not cool. Uh, but yeah, Dallas stays alive. 3-2, double overtime victory. Crazy, this series uh, is a good one. Two really good teams. Um, and, you know, we'll see if the Stanley Cup can get awarded. Uh, maybe by the time you've heard this, Stanley Cup's been awarded, and uh, we're we're done. But so far, no, and we move on to another game. And uh, I look forward to checking it out and, and watching it and being entertained. So um, it's cool that hockey's going on, and we're almost at the finish line, and we'll figure out what the heck is happening next season, hopefully in the next few months. But we've also got the draft coming up. We'll have free agency coming up. So all the 
off-season things that are lots of fun, you're not going to have to wait long at all for them. And that's, that's the coolest part to me about this is that we just jump right in. And then there will be another long pause where we all, where we all wonder, like, what is going on? I don't understand anything at all. And that's where I am most of the time, not understanding anything at all. But so, you know, Dallas, Tampa, who's going to win? I still think Tampa will pull it out. Um, I think actually they probably win game six. But man, if Dallas forces a game seven, or if they already have, if you're listening to this, that's going to be wild. That's going to be crazy. And now that we've kind of gotten the the issue at hand out of the way, obviously the Stanley Cup finals are going on. Uh, I'm not going to spend all day breaking down that game. I'm sure you watched it. Um, if you want to listen to some thoughts on it, I would definitely recommend you go check out uh, the Dallas Clean State Clean Skate Podcast and the Bolts broadcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Go listen to those guys talk about it. They know their teams way better than I do. Why would you listen to me talk about them? Uh, I thought it was a good game. I think that obviously Tampa has so many good players. Dallas kind of plays this rough and gritty, um, you know, style of play that if you play like that, it's possible to win against any really good team, uh, fast team. So um, that's what's going to keep them in it. The goaltending, of course, has been really good. Uh, on both sides, but Dallas, I mean, Hudobin has been in the zone in these playoffs. But anyway, uh, that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, synopsis on synopsis synopsis summary. We'll go with summary. I'll pick an easier word to use um, on that game and the Stanley Cup final. I wanna I wanna take some time and talk about or kind of make some comments on. Uh, let's see the. Um, Tom Dundon interview. If you listen to the Canes Corner podcast, uh, which is Adam Gold's podcast, it's a good one. Go check it out if you haven't yet. I'm sure you all know Adam Gold. Um, and uh, he talked to Tom Dundon recently in his last week's um, episode that came out. And I wanted to kind of give some of my thoughts on some things that Tom mentioned while uh, during, during that interview. So first off... The question was asked about Svechnikov and Dougie, um, thinking about you know working out their contracts, and they have of course next year they're under contract, but then Dougie is a un- unrestricted free agent after that, and Svechnikov is a restricted free agent after that. Um, to which Tom Dundon basically replied that the plan is for Svechnikov to never play on another team ever again. I think everyone loves this guy, and uh, especially being that he's a restricted free agent, like there's no way they don't work out a deal. So I'm not worried about that at all. Um, the other question became, do you, do you wait? Like, what's the argument over, should we wait and, um, you know, just take our time, sign this deal, or do we hurry up and make it a priority and do it now because the price might go up later? And Tom's response to that was an interesting one to me that I didn't quite buy at first, but after he explained it, I kind of thought, yeah, you know, I guess I don't really think about it that way, and it is true from a business perspective. And that is that it doesn't really matter what you do, um, if you wait, if you stay. I mean, it also depends a lot on, uh, you know, the kind of player we're talking about. But if you're not a, but also, you know, if you're a Connor McDavid, a Leon Dreisaitl, a Nikita Kucherov, guys like that, and you're producing statistically amazing things every single year, year after year, I mean, your contract's going to be what it's going to be no matter what. Like, everyone knows what you're going to get. They're not going to, there's no like, well, you got to prove it to me. Like, no, no, no. It, they already have <laughs> their entire career. They've proved it. And then you have guys, um, you know, maybe like a Dougie Hamilton's a good example. 
that are established NHL players and have had general success and been good, uh, but have had some really great years mixed in with some good years. And it's kind of like, well, am I going to pay you like you're going to give me an amazing year every year? And really, you're only giving me two out of five. Like, not that that's bad. It's just that that becomes the argument of, you know, are, is, are we to expect Dougie to be like a 20-goal scorer every season? Because if that's what you're paying him for, um, you know, it's going to be tough for him to deliver on that every year. And you don't necessarily have a great sample size of that being the case. Um, you kind of have a really good year, and then... Who knows after that? Um, so, you know, Dougie's obviously shown that he can score, but there is a little bit of risk in kind of paying a guy for an anticipated uh, return that you don't know what it is. So basically what Tom talked about was the idea that you're paying for peace of mind, basically. Like if you if you wait and the, and the price goes up, let's say that the Hurricanes wait on Dougie and they don't get a deal done until, you know, just before, uh, you know, the season ends or, or toward the end of the season or maybe even after that, just before free agency opens, um, they very well might be paying more. But if Dougie shows that he puts up, you know, 15 to 20 goals and has another really good year, then basically the extra amount you're paying is like it's it's worth it because you lost risk in that you now know that this guy's consistently doing this and it's much less risky to pay him for that level because he's shown that he can do it, you know, consistently. Whereas if he has a, a great year like he has this last year, you go ahead and give him a contract that, um, you know, might be less because you're taking on more risk. Um, you still have that extra risk, right? So let's say, for example, to put some numbers in here, because you know I love numbers. Uh, if, 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 uh, if Dougie puts up, 10 goals this year, but the Hurricanes paid him at the beginning of the year. Um, let's say, I don't know. I'm just picking numbers. These have nothing to do with what, the, don't even quote this on what it might actually look like. I'm literally just throwing out numbers. So I haven't thought about this at all. Let's just say that his contract is a $7 million AAV. Okay. So they went ahead and worked that out there. Like 7 million is what you get. And then he puts up, you know, eight, nine, 10 goals the next year. Well, I would say that that's an overpayment, um, but that's part of the risk you took. And the money you saved is is the risk, but you know which way does that go? What's worth it? Like, would you rather save some money and then not know what you're getting in the player, and then he underperforms, and now you're kind of screwed for the next however many years that you locked in that contract to, or do you wait and kind of see what kind of season he's having as you're negotiating, and then maybe if Dougie scores, um, you know, then if he scores eight, nine, ten goals in a year where he was healthy the whole time, then that price probably comes down because you're saying, okay, well, it's not consistent enough, you know, to make it worth it for us. Or maybe he scores 20 goals and you're like, okay, now we're paying, you know, eight million, eight and a half million. And uh, we're fine with that because the risk just went down a lot because we've seen this guy duplicate it. So that's kind of the argument for that. And I think that's an interesting one for sure. And I think that it goes even double for um, young players. I mean, I think we all know Svech is going to continue to grow. There's no way he doesn't just get better and better um, as he kind of learns the league and, and matures physically and mentally and all that sort of stuff and gets some great coaching and, and development. Just like every young player does, you, 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 know, you might forget that the guy is just like 20 years old. <laughs> so still got a lot to learn and grow, but already really putting up some impressive numbers and, and playing an impressive game. So... It's the same type of deal for Svechnikov, but even even less risk to me because, uh, look, restricted free agents don't have a whole lot of rights. I mean, the only leverage they have is that offer sheet, and it still has to come from somewhere else, and 
you know, I just I can't see the team not working out a deal like this relatively easily for a guy like Svechnikov. Um, you know, they're gonna do what it takes, uh, but they're gonna make sure that they cover their bases and make sure they have enough to win consistently with a team, not just one player. And that's what we you kind of have to think about when they're going through these negotiations. That's why it takes so long. Like Tom even said, I would love to, you know, I want to take care of these guys financially. Like we want them to get paid well. I want them to do well. Like he, he really does. He cares about these guys. Like you want them to get paid well, but also like you want to win and they want to win. So if they, if they got to get paid all the money, then they're not going to be able to win because like <laughs> You, you don't have the money to pay other players around them to give them, you know, teammates that are useful that can win games for them or with them. So um, there you go. Those are kind of the, the things on uh, Svechnikov and Dougie, but it sounds like they're, you know, Svech will happen. It's a guarantee. I'd be willing to bet my life on it. Svechnikov will get signed by the Hurricanes. Where that number ends up, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like that's a, that's a discussion for down the road. They're not negotiating this thing right now. It's just not happening. Um, and I think it's fine to wait. Like, I don't think it's, I agree. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference. I think that that's, that is probably something that's over, over talked about maybe, or, you know, brought up too much as an idea. Uh, Dougie is a little more interesting case. And, uh, I wouldn't mind waiting on Dougie because I do want to see what he's going to do. And I don't want the hurricanes to get locked in an uh, unrestricted free agency, you know, the, the market that these guys can ask for that. Like I said, they've got Lots of suitors, teams interested, drives the demand up, drives the price up. So, um, you know, if you're if you're trying to compete with that, uh, you don't want to overpay a guy by a lot. You know, you want to pay him his, his value. Um, you know, you don't want to underpay a guy. Like, you're not trying to pinch pennies on people. But if he's worth $6 million, you want him to get $6 million. You don't want to have to pay him $8 million for a $6 million player. You can ask so many teams about how that's going. You can ask the Hurricanes how that went with a lot of players, both on the roster, off the roster. One guy still getting paid through next year. <laughs> so, you know, that's just the, the chance you take. And, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's a problem with kind of taking some of the risk out of it and kind of getting a greater sample size on Dougie. But I know that the team wants him there. I think he definitely wants to be there. And I think that that's a huge, huge part of getting a deal done is how much does a guy want to stay? If he's already got one foot out the door, then he's probably thinking free agency and he's not even going to really give you the time of day. He's going to say, if you want to sign me before I get to unrestricted free agency, then it's going to have to be a lot. And you you have to overpay for that right to go ahead and re-sign that guy and not have to compete with those other teams. But a guy like Dougie and a team like the Hurricanes, it just seems like they're a great fit for each other. And so, you know, I feel like the guy wants to be here. He loves his teammates. The team loves him. And uh, I think he has enjoyed his time here. So I think that that makes him more likely to be like, I want to be here. I don't really have an interest in going somewhere else. I want to make sure I get paid what I should get paid, but uh, let's work out a deal. Like I feel like players are more willing to kind of see the teams. Like I want to help the team, but I want to get my worth. And that's, that's to me a good mentality to have. Um, moving on in that conversation, they talked a lot about the, or a lot and a little bit about the draft and uh, kind of thinking. And, and just so you know, next week I will have, um, Matt Sama from Kane's Prospects on the show. Um, so we will be talking about the draft, uh, who the Hurricanes might be taking, some guys to look out for, and kind of general philosophies, all that sort of stuff around the draft. So uh, send in your questions. Uh, oh, also a new we have a new uh, Twitter handle. It's it's Kane's Train Pod uh, on Twitter at Kane's Train Pod. Uh, C A N E S T R A I N P O D. 
And if you didn't know how to spell any of those words, well, you might be dumb. But it's okay. We accept dumb listeners to the show. Uh, tweet, tweet me. Let me know if you got any questions about the draft. But anyway, um, that's for next week, and I'll definitely have a tweet out anyway. You'll see it. But if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I would like to ask a question, well, there you go. There's your opportunity. Go for it. Um, but a lot of the mock drafts and all that sort of stuff have the Hurricanes picking um, a goaltender, Askarov, uh, out of Russia. Very talented goalie, um, but with a 13th pick. And uh, I thought Tom's comments on it were interesting. He basically said, I think that's highly unlikely that we would do that. Um, it seems like he's definitely of the mindset of, and, and this makes sense to me too. You know, you've heard his comments on, we're not picking D and we're not picking. And, and to me, I disagree to a, to a, to a, I disagree to a degree. Um, because to me, my philosophy on the draft is best player available. Best player available makes you the best team you could be. If you have 10 amazing defensemen and the next best player is a defenseman, draft the damn defenseman. You can trade your guys. You can get pieces back elsewhere for them. Having a surplus is not a bad thing. So, you know, I, I just feel like that's a an overrated concept to be like, oh, we need a center. Let's draft the center. Okay, well, you might be drafting the 30th best player when you have the sixth pick if that's what you need. Um, you know, if that's there, then great. It matches both, but just pick the best player to me. Uh, but at the same time, the other philosophy that I think about is, look, there's you have 12 Fords on, on your roster of guys that are playing, okay? And you have 60, and you have two goalies. So the, most of the roster is Fords, right? 12 out of, out of 20 guys, that's over half your, your roster that's playing uh, day in, day out in games are Fords. So it makes sense if you're... The, the risk of a first-round pick not making it is big because that's your best player you're drafting like you need them to hit in some way shape or form like if you miss on that it's gonna hurt and it's gonna hurt years down the road because you should have had a a roster player coming up that didn't Um, and obviously you can find that elsewhere it's not like first round players are the only people that come up but they are the most skilled you know guys uh, that you have the best chance of getting a, a really good player in the first round I don't feel like I need to explain that it should be relatively obvious um but 12 guys, okay? So it makes sense if you're looking at the draft from a risk-reward perspective that if you have a, and you know, a higher first-round pick, like above half, I would say, or anything below the 20s, I would say it does make sense to shoot for a forward because you have the best chance of um, a player making your roster and making an impact. You draft a defenseman, that defenseman has to turn into one of the six best players in your organization in that position. And probably to make it worth it for that pick, you know, you're thinking a top four guy. Like, that happens, and it happens, and you can usually tell. I mean, I'm not saying if there's a Seth Jones there, dude. I mean, you pick him, for sure. And that's what goes back to my best player available philosophy. Um, But if it's between Ford and D, and the gap is relatively narrow, then, you know, I'd probably go with the Ford just because they have a better chance of um making your your roster so that's what it is um so and and goalies are even more i mean dude you got to have goalies but to me drafting a goalie in the first round is really risky and i'll talk with this i'll talk about this next week as well i don't want to spend too much time in the draft because that's what you know next week's episode will be focused on but think about how risky i mean how many goalies have the hurricanes drafted in the last however many years and it's not like they were bad picks it's not like they were making stupid picks but how many of them have made it up 
Cam Ward is the only one. Like, it's not that likely that these goalies come up through the system. That's a hard position to get. There's only one of those guys you really need, you know? I mean, one starter. So the likelihood of it happening is just low. Like, it doesn't mean the guys aren't great. You pick five amazing goalies and juniors, uh, probably only one, one, maybe two of them makes it. Uh, and that's not a great percentage if you're, if you're talking about just kind of rolling the dice on these positions. So it kind of makes sense to me, but at the same time, I'm definitely all about picking the best player. So if the best player is that guy, then by all means, make your team better. Um, having as many strengths as possible, and I don't care about um, having all your strengths in the same area. I feel like that makes you better. Trading strength in one area for you know weakness in another area is just... Level, making yourself mediocre, stupid, doesn't make sense. Um, you just need to build. Keep your strengths and build your weaknesses. If it takes time, whatever it takes time, that's the right way to, that's the right way to do it. Um, uh, also about some roster changes, Tom basically said that, uh, and I kind of echo this a little bit. You know, I, I talked last week, I think it was for way too long probably, about uh, some some guys coming in or some guys that uh, maybe weren't pulling their weight contract-wise, and like a, you know, you're thinking maybe a Dezingle, maybe a Gardner, maybe a, a Nino Niederreiter, um, you know, people that are tying up some cap room that haven't produced to what to their their salary, uh, and that's not good. That basically prevents you from getting another player that could be um, producing on your team for you. So it's never good to have excess salary over value of play. It's just not good. So um, what do you do with that situation? Do you hope that those guys, you know, pan out next year and, and, and improve or kind of get back to what you thought they were? And a year is a small sample size. It's, 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 it really is like, you know, it's, it's tough to judge a guy's entire career or worth off of a year. Like it just is. It's kind of dumb, especially uh, when they change teams like a Dezingle did, um, you know, and maybe didn't get the most opportunities because the team didn't really have that luxury of, of doing that. They're competing all year for a spot. It's not like you're just out in front uh, and you can you kind of have room for some experimentation or it's not like you're way out of it and like who cares what you do. <laughs> if you win, it's a bonus. Um, so the, the thought seems to be that those guys are who they think they are and that they just are unlucky, um, which, you know, I would have arguments over. A guy like Niederreiter I think is a little slow. He reminds me of, ironically, like a Victor Rask. <laughs> um, and to me, that's the number one. It's the same reason why um, a guy like Yanni Kuokinen, um, I, I, I kind of called that I don't think this guy's making it to the league. I just don't. He's really skilled. But when you look at um, you know, when he's not producing, it's because he's just operating slower than the rest of the guys around him. And to me, that's the number one reason why guys don't make it. They're not, they can't play at the speed needed in the pro level. It's really hard. Like it's crazy fast. There's no way you can understand how fast it is unless you've played. And then to see these guys do what they do, like it, it's, the skill is unbelievable. Um, and it's a huge jump from any other league. So when I see a guy like Niederreiter struggle, it seems to be because he's, he's, too slow. And it was the same thing with like a guy like Williams when he wasn't doing his thing. Um, but he's older. Of course, you like you slow down when or everybody else stays the same and you're getting older. Like, yeah, you slow down by, you know, comparison. But a guy like Niederreiter worries me because I feel like his number one um, kind of weakness in his game is, is being able to keep up with that speed. Like it seems like on the four check, he's kind of late. 
by you know a second or a step to to plays and that hurts and that that turns pucks over and all that sort of stuff and I feel like that's what leads to his luck. At the same time, there's a lot of luck involved um, in scoring goals and I think he also puts too much on himself for scoring goals. Like just focus on your game and the goals will come. Um, I think that Ajo's been through the similar stuff and kind of finally bought into like just just play your game, play a good two way game and the goals will come. I think that Rod's finally got him to understand that that's true. And, uh, you know, hopefully those guys pan out. But essentially the point I'm making is that it seems like the team is fairly comfortable uh, staying where they're at. And Tom even made the the uh, statement that the team doesn't have any glaring weaknesses that they feel like they need to address. At this point, it's, it's just trying to get better if you can. Um, and I would come really close to agreeing with that, but I think that the main weakness, and I'll put it in quotes, um, that this team has is that they aren't that difficult to play against if you're a team that can grind, you know? Uh, they had trouble with Columbus this past year. They had trouble with Boston. They had trouble with Dallas. They had trouble with these teams that are able to just play really good team defense um, and kind of shut you down when they get a lead. So it's kind of like, oh, hopefully you get up, and then that team has to play more your style. Um, but if you're not scoring the first goal, it's really hard to be running gun and have consistent success because you're going to have to be able to grind it out and kind of get some dirty goals when teams are really saying, we're not going to let you score. And so that's something I think the team can address. And I think it's minor tweaks. I don't think it's like a, you don't need a roster overhaul by any means. Like the team is there. They're, they're a playoff team now and that's great. But to make the next step, I feel like they could use, um, you know, some, some guys who can play physical, some guys who understand their role and will be defensively responsible and can also produce offensively. Now, I think that some of those guys are on the roster and just need a little more time, which uh, is fine. You know, a guy like Trocek, I feel like will be a person like that. That's great. Um, you know, and some of these new guys probably just need some more time, and I hope that they come back next season and, and perform better and are kind of used to it. Having a year under your belt starting next year, a training camp and all, like it just it just is easier. So that's good. Um, the other part of that, and this is something I wholeheartedly agree with, and I've said before, um, I think that the additions that people want to see on this team are there. The addition, I feel like a player like Svechnikov, the the 2019-2020 Andrei Svechnikov, to me, was like an addition to the roster from the 2018-19 version of Svechnikov. Same player uh, in name and all that, but the, the player on the ice that you saw, significant improvement. Um, and development and so to me that's like adding a player I mean you went from having a third fourth line guy who played 12 minutes a game and yeah he had lots of success um, for an 18 year old but then going to see that guy develop into you know not just a top six forward but a first line forward and a power play guy who's putting up you know close to a point per game totals um, that's a huge step and to me that's like adding a, a first line player that's extremely valuable so I expect that again this year I expect Sveshnikov to make another jump and they'll, the jumps will keep getting less and less because you can only get so good. But um, I expect to see it and I expect that that'll essentially be the same as adding a, a player um, because you're improving with a guy that's already there and that's great. Um, Aho still has small jumps to make um, so you know you could see that as well and that just means your first line gets even better and they're already really good. Then you have guys like uh, Marty Natchez, who I think will will take a big step this next year, um, especially as he improves his two-way game and and you know maybe puts some 
some weight on and is able to get a little more physical. I don't think that's his game necessarily, but uh, you got to be able to play it to some degree or else you're just never going to be as successful as you could have been. You got to be able to win battles and all that sort of stuff because winning those four checks and um, you know working along the boards is what creates space for you and, and allows those playmaking guys to get to work. Those guys can't do that unless people are getting the pucks from those dirty areas because that's where they tend to end up. So you got guys like that. I also, um, you know, who knows defense-wise, you'll have Brett Pesci back, which will be amazing. Um, and your defense continues to kind of gel together. And we'll see how that dynamic goes. A guy like Hayden Flurry could be another guy that's considered an addition um, with his level of play bumping up. If he can kind of continue his progress that he's made, uh, that's like adding a, a good defenseman, you know, from a guy that last year was barely cracking the lineup to a guy that's a mainstay and, uh, you know, can play in a lot of in a lot of situations. Like, that's a big addition. So those things are, are important. Um, you know, you've got your goaltending to look at what you want to do with that um, because I don't expect any of those guys to just, like, get crazy better. But the guys on your – you have a lot of young guys in your roster that are still developing, and I think that, um, you know, allowing them to kind of get better and, and develop is like adding players, and that's great. And that's, that's kind of how you improve at this point, and that's why the draft is so important. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on that. All right, well, uh, the draft is going to be uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday, I think, first round, and then everything else after that. It's virtual. Um, so stay tuned for that. That'll be interesting. Canes have the 13th pick uh, in the first round from Toronto, um, making hopefully that Marlowe buyout worth it. Hopefully they draft a good player. Um, I don't remember exactly what they have after that, but they have... They have less picks than they usually do, but they'll, we'll see. They'll end up trading those for more. I can almost guarantee it. And we will get into that draft talk next week when I talk with Matt from Kane's Prospects. So looking forward to that. Again, hope you enjoy all the new stuff. Hope we look a little cooler. Kane's Train is the new name for the show. At Kane's Train Pod on Twitter. Still in the same areas. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those sort of things. It's... it's um, it's available in the same areas. If you were already subscribed, it's not like it's a new show. You don't have to subscribe, resubscribe. We're just rebranding. Um, so want to make that super clear. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, again, draft talk next week, and, and we'll talk about some uh, free agency too because that's going to be right around the corner after that. So that's always fun to do um, to me. So again, thanks for listening. I want to say one more time um, my new single, on Spotify, Apple Music, um, all that sort of stuff, Amazon, all of the above, comes out on October 1st. So that is this Thursday. So, um, you know, on next episode, it'll be out already, and I'll, I'll make sure to let you know. But go check that out. Go follow me on Spotify uh, so that as soon as that comes out, it'll kind of pop up on your on your release radar and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, save it to your library throw it some streams hopefully you like it if you do share it with people um i would i would really appreciate it uh it's zach tompkins on spotify apple music amazon all that so thanks so much for listening appreciate it as always catch you on monday to talk about that big old draft take it easy